Super Talk Mississippi media production. Started out good, you know. We uh, we scored two in the first inning, and uh, but that was it. You know, we followed up with eight zeros after that, and just didn't didn't make the adjustment needed. Now, understand the Gibson kid that threw against us on Saturday is no different in their staff as Tanner Hall is in ours. Gibson was covering those midweek games, those tough midweek games in the non-conference part of the year early on and then they moved him to to the weekend. They saw the need for him to be on there just like we did with Tanner Hall. But we took the fastball away from him there in the first inning, but then he started going to the secondary and really mixing a changeup and a nice breaking ball, and we just we could never get on time with it. Even, even when we did put the ball in play, it wasn't with any intent. It was kind of just flare-outs and uh, – uh, we just we got to do better to make uh, adjustments. Of course, we struck out ten times, which is kind of high for us. I mean, we've been doing mm-hmm. a great job with that this this year. But Gibson was the difference in that game on on Saturday. No question, you got to give credit too. I mean, the kid just uh, pitched really well. Scary moment, uh, obviously, when uh, Gabe Montenegro takes the uh, fastball uh, into his face. How how is he coaching, and what is Gabe's status? Well, you know, I saw him at lunch, and uh, his eyes actually opened, so he, uh, he covered up his good eye and, and said, I can see you, Coach. And it's still <laughs> black and blue, and obviously it's got the stitches in it, and it's pretty nasty looking, but he'll be uh, reevaluated with ophthalmologists tomorrow uh, to see about, uh, you know, where, where he is with it. You know, the concern is is that he has a slight tear in his iris, so what we don't need to do is, is put him uh, under any kind of pressure, uh, whether it be working out or just anything, uh, and, and create a bleed in that eye. And we need to let that hot eye heal. And uh, Dr. Griffith, he'll look at it tomorrow and, and see where we are with it. But, you know, I would say that, that you know, just precautionary that Gabe will be out for a week, week and a half, I would think. I got you. All right, let's let's go to Sunday and uh, two words: Hurston Walter. Ten uh, Ks over seven innings. You're, he and Dalton Rogers limit a really good Tech baseball team to one single coach. <laughs> I'll tell you what: back to back weeks where he's been honored and uh, recognized as Conference Pitcher of the Week, and that doesn't happen very often. Back to back weeks. As a matter of fact, the last time Jack. Jack Duggan pulled it up for me. Barry Bowden did it for us in 2008, was back-to-back conference pitcher of the week. So, you know, great, great acknowledgement to, uh, to Hurston and what he did. Uh, tremendous competitor. You know, we know he's still young, still learning, but, boy, he's learning quick, isn't he? And uh, he just he, – he really had him handcuffed. And like you said, just one hit. And then – and then Dalton Rogers comes in and throws a good, clean two innings for us and just really dials up the zone. Those 26 pitches, has three strikeouts over those two innings. You couldn't ask for any more. And then, you know, I'm just so proud of our offense and, and Coach Creel and Coach Brewer and the work that they've been putting in with these guys. And, you know, early on we kind of struggled a little bit. You know, I felt like it was just like a lot of, a lot of years where pitchers are a little bit ahead. You know, nowadays they're probably a little bit way way ahead just because of how hard they throw nowadays. Uh, but the weather plays into it. But things are starting to warm up. You're getting hitters with more at bats under their belts, and man, you couldn't you couldn't ask for a better 
better performance out of our hitters than, than what they right. had there on Sunday. I'm going to put you on the spot, Coach Perry. Have you ever had a better, deeper pitching staff than this? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, of course, we were we were pretty good last year, but, um, you know, we've, we've got a lot of pieces in there this year that we still really haven't used, in all honesty. And, you know, when when I say that, you credit our starters getting so deep in the game. You know, right. you don't have much right. to, to cover on the back end, uh, and you don't get yourself in trouble. Now, you know, you look at how many pitchers we used on the weekend, and then you look at how many uh, La Tech used. They used a good bit more. So certainly, you know, you can evaluate a total staff a little bit better. But unfortunately, you don't, you don't, you don't want to do that uh, because that means that you guys aren't getting it done and other people are. But now we've got a nice staff, and I hate that some guys hadn't been out there more than what they've been. But, you know, that's part of part of baseball, and that's part of winning baseball. We're going to get the guys here in the next segment. Uh, real quick, we've got a minute left in this segment. Huge crowds, record crowd uh, over the weekend. Uh, so there's obviously a great deal of interest in Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss playing baseball. I thought a really good Louisiana Tech contingent as well. Uh, do you think we're going to be able to see that continue in maybe midweek games uh, in the years to come, Coach? Oh, absolutely. Lane and I have talked about that. We both want to do it. Uh, certainly in my situation, I've got to find midweek games. I mean, you know, now that we're going into the Sun Belt, uh, that, that eliminates a lot of, of midweek games that we've paid, played in past years, you know, with, with South Alabama, Troy, Monroe, and even Lafayette have been midweek games. So those no longer are, are, are options for me. So I've got to be able to cover it somewhere. And certainly La Tech is a, is a really good program. Lane's doing a great job over there with them. Uh, they'll be a good RPI team, as we will for them. All right, Coach. Uh, again, congratulations. 19-8, uh, first place now in Conference USA, 26th RPI. Great week for Southern Miss Baseball. When we come back, the guys I'm sure have plenty to ask Coach Barry. Scott Barry, our guest today on the Eagle Hour. We'll be right back. To the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour from the Southern Bank Corps Studio here in uh, Hattiesburg and in Laurel. We're glad you're with us. Southern Miss number 18 in this week's D1 uh, baseball poll, number 22 in Baseball America, uh, 27 in Collegiate Baseball, and in the Coaches Poll, number 24, Golden Eagle RPI now up to 26. Going to play Ole Miss tomorrow night. And uh, Coach Barry told us uh, before we went on the air that weather looked bad, but uh, he says things look good and uh, 
and we're going to have that game. Kelly, get in here with uh, Coach Berry. Yeah, they've got it. They've got the field tarped, and hope that that weather will move through by about two or three tomorrow afternoon and get to manicure the field. This should need me uh, ready for tomorrow night, Coach. Uh, personnel wise, you've got a little bit help for Rodrigo there. The, the catching stat, the catching core, uh, got a little bit stronger this weekend. Bring us, give us an update. Well, you know, really surprised that that Blake was able to get back as soon as as he did. You know, we were told, you know, six to eight weeks, you know, in there with eight being the extreme. But, you know, he, you know, after 20 games and and that that Rodrigo caught and and let's, you know, let's make sure we make people understand how tough that grind was for him. That up and down and blocking and just the the, uh, the tools of ignorance that you have to have to, to play that position, it, it's pretty stressful both mentally and physically. And he, he really, really played it well for us. You know, every morning when I say my prayer, I say a prayer to keep him healthy because I knew it wouldn't have been going to be good if, if he if he got hurt. But Blake is back, and, uh, you know, that's we're going to work him back slowly. I mean, he's uh, – Certainly, we don't want to push him, and, and Rodrigo's doing a great job too. So, but it is comforting to know that we have that insurance now with two legitimate catchers. And when you were talking about the depth of the pitching staff, and and I'm not sure in the years that I've covered Southern Miss that I have seen uh, not only a pitching staff this deep, but a pitching staff that has been absolutely dominating uh, in their performances so far. The scary thing, Coach, and you can fill in some blanks here, is that a lot of people are going to expect that this is that this is normal operating procedure, and I'm here to tell you it's not. I mean, they've just been phenomenal. Yeah, they. I tell you, they have. They've had a lot of confidence. Um, you know, every one of them. I think we have confidence in all those guys taking the ball and going out there. It's just a matter. It's it's a position where only can one it can go at one time, and you know they're doing so well. And you know, if they would spit the bit every now and then, you know, you'd throw somebody else in there. But the guys that we're running out there are, are doing the job and and uh, and doing what they're supposed to do. And that's getting outs and, and minimizing damage that teams do if they're inherited runners. And so uh, you know, they really. At times, you don't have uh, any reason to make a change with it. So, very, very proud of that staff and Coach Oz and, and uh, what they're doing to to help us win. No question. Luke, get in here with Coach Barry. Coach, let's talk about uh, your decision to put Carson Pato at the top of the order. Of course, he uh, showed some of that power yesterday. Just your thoughts, so our listeners can understand that. Well, I, you know, I went through that order. I like to have a little bit of speed up there. Uh, I'm not necessarily is is Carson that prototypical uh, leadoff guy, but uh, I look at his at-bats. He takes pitches well. A lot of times he doesn't get himself out. Now, he may strike out. Now, on Saturday, he struck out three times, but it wasn't because he was swinging at bad pitches. But I felt like he had a chance in the, in the top of the order of everybody else. I didn't feel like it was uh, it was right to, to, to put Brady Faust in the one spot when he'd only had like three at-bats from the whole year. Let's kind of give him a chance down there in the in the eight hole to to get some uh, get some fastballs on on uh, you know a guy who hasn't had a lot of at bats. They were going to feed him that, and let's get Carson up there that could take a walk. That you know could uh, could basically. Uh, I wanted I wanted him to be come back around and have more at bats. Is what I wanted in all honesty, and and he was the guy that I felt like that at the top of the order would, would get the most at bats and. Uh, and we needed him up there getting those. Talk about your other lefty slugger, uh, Slade Wilkes, batting three fifty four right now. And I think everybody 
you know, after last year, some of the struggles, they said, okay, this guy's got power, and, you know, the power will trade off for average. It just seems as if he's been more of a line drive hitter this year, not swinging for the fences every time. The 354 average speaks about it. What has he done differently? Well, I think what, you know, I honestly think that his, his bat plane is flattened out. It's not as flat as it needs to be, but I think the difference is that you're still seeing the same bat speed through the zone. I just think it's coming at a different angle. That gives you the impression that he's not up there swinging up or uppercut, trying to hit a baseball out of the park. Which uh, he probably still is trying to hit that ball out of the park. It's just that the bat plane is is a little flatter. It's enabling him to get stay in that hitting hitting zone longer, which gives you the opportunity to to make contact with that ball. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's cut down a lot of swing and miss from the from that uppercut swing that he had last year. And uh, he's, he's made a great adjustment. You know, yesterday we're sitting there in a really, really crucial situation in the first inning. Peyto had walked. We had a couple of walks. And, and we we're sitting there in a two-out situation with Slade up in, the, in a two-strike. Uh, and, you know, he gets that big base hit for us. And, you know, last year I don't know if he gets that base hit for us in all honesty. But this year that, that bat plane is allowing him to, to play and play well. Um, last question for me, maybe a, an unfair question. I just hear a lot of people, you know, talking about it since Saturday. Did, did Gabe's injury have any like emotional or mental effect on? It just seems like we went quiet batting wise. A lot of that had to do with with Gibson. I get that we kind of rallied there in the eighth. But you know, is there something to be said for you know when your leader and and your statesman goes down, it kind of affects everybody. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if uh, I could answer that honestly. Um, you know, somebody did ask me that actually yesterday it just felt like that it took the air out of us uh personally i think gibson took the air out of us you know i think we were all devastated that that gabe got hurt and not knowing you know the good thing is he walked off on his own but still we knew it was a pretty bad gash in that eye but uh, you know i think that you know we're we're a team that we uh, we have to continue on and, and as unfortunate it was um, you know, we got a we got a business we got to take care of. We just didn't take care of it, and, and the real reason was is Kate Gibson did a really good job. You know, taking a really hot offense and and tooling us off on that Saturday. Coach, play Ole Miss tomorrow night uh, in Jackson, and then they come here later in the year. You and Coach Bianco seem to have a really good relationship. That I, I assume is a series that we'll continue to see between the two schools. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's certainly mutual respect there. You know, when he went to uh, Ole Miss as the head coach, uh, I came to Southern Miss as an assistant the same year, uh, back in 2000. So uh, our timelines line up at this level uh, and in this state. So we've become pretty good friends o- over the year. Uh, certainly he's one of the best baseball coaches, I think. Uh, there is out there a great mind uh, with, with, with the game, and, and it shows. And, in everything that he's done at Ole Miss, and you know, tomorrow we'll we'll catch them coming off from a huge road series win against Kentucky, one that they badly needed after you know getting uh, getting swept by Tennessee at home the week before. So I know that was a relief as a coach to to go on the road and get that two out of three. So I'm sure they're playing with a lot of confidence um, and, and bringing that into tomorrow night's game in Pearl. I'm sure Kelly will have one more question for you, but I, I don't want to let you go before I, I get you to comment on the crowds this weekend. What a great turnout of Golden Eagles. Yeah, over 16,000, Bob, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, and it just keep, seems like it just keeps growing. 
Right. You know, and uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like me looking out there in those trees. At one time, there wasn't any leaves on them. Now there's just leaves everywhere, and, <laughs> and it's kind of like that with our with our crowds, and and we certainly feel it. But you know, I tell our guys all the time, you're entertainers. If you entertain the right way, people will come watch you. If you don't, they're not coming. And so I have to believe that we're doing our part to be able to bring them in. And that makes me proud because, you know, we we do have something special at Southern Miss, and I feel like we have a very special fan base. But, you know, we got to do our part. We've got to win, and we've got to give them a reason to come. And, and certainly uh, we've done that, and, and they've responded. Coach, not necessarily anything to, do, to deal with this week, but I just I wanted to know, with the restructuring of Major League Baseball now and fewer rounds in the draft, how, how will that change the recruiting game going forward for you and your colleagues across the country? Well, you know, I mean, they're only going 20 rounds now, which they used to be 40. So, you know, certainly you've got, you have the chance to keep more kids than what you have in the past. Uh, and also they've limited the minor league teams. They've cut a bunch of those out. So, because they don't have the players for them. So that's why they, you know, basically cut the draft down. So, you know, moving forward, I think you have to, to plan on that some of these guys where they might have interest professionally. Uh, you, you're going to still have to do your research and see how much interest there is on the professional side. I feel like a lot of the time, majority of times, there's a lot of interest on the kid side. Uh, but but now you gauge it off that professional interest uh, because it may be just a slight uh, slight bit of interest and not enough to, for you to worry about losing kids. All right, Coach, congratulations on a great week, and uh, we all had great fun out at the Pete this weekend. Good luck uh, tomorrow night against Ole Miss and uh, when you go on the road this weekend against Charlotte. All right, guys, thank you. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, making his Monday appearance on the Eagle Hour, for which we're very grateful. We'll be back, give you our thoughts about uh, baseball over the weekend, also spring football game Saturday, lots to talk about. I want to thank head baseball coach Scott Berry for joining us as he does every Monday. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, and I'm sure they had every baseball game on. Probably have the basketball game on tonight. Have a great lunch uh, five days a week, just $9.95, and uh, we appreciate all they do. I'll say, Tick Kelly, I want to say thank you as well. I, I took my um, I took my grandson down on the field yesterday afternoon, let him run the bases after the, after the game, and I like Four or five people come up and say something to me about the Eagle Hour and how much they look forward to hearing Coach Barry every Monday. And uh, just to really appreciate the, the outreach that we get and the people that tune in every day. Well, we take we take the responsibility seriously. And it's not that you're ever going to agree with us all the time. And that's okay. 
and we've got thick skin, uh, but that's kind of that kind of goes along with the job. And I got to say, the only the only thing kicking more butt than the Eagles right now are allergies on Bob Getty. You are- that is no kidding. My <laughs> gosh, almighty. it's terrible. It's terrible. It's like I, I'm swimming in a sea of allergies. Well, I, I mean, I'm on shot therapy for for allergies shock or shot shot oh okay shock okay. therapy was years ago but yeah shot therapy now and it's and it's still kicking me in the that tail lobotomy scar is still pretty prevalent yeah but your the left chicks ear. dig it though they like <laughs> <laughs> any kind of scarring uh there. kelly you've all year long you've told me bob relax relax this is the best southern miss baseball team we've ever had i think so I, i'm starting to believe i mean it's it's not even the like you said they're one pitch away from sweeping that series your Sunday guy goes out and gives up one hit. I mean, hello, one hit. Um, and Hall on Friday walks zero, I think, zero. Right. Struck out 11. I mean, who's going to beat you? Yeah. If your pitchers well, continue to put up numbers like that, you are not going to be beat. And look, not not only does your Sunday guy go out and give up one hit, he's throwing 98-mile-an-hour fastballs across the plate. Your Sunday starter is the back-to-back Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. That's how good it is. Herson Waldrop would be the Friday starter probably on most teams in Conference USA. Tanner Hall would be the Friday guy. And Hunter Riggins would be uh, like a a 1B on a lot of teams in Conference USA. I think you you mentioned it to Coach Barry, and he said it too. I mean, one pitch away. It wasn't like Riggins threw a bad game on on Saturday. So kind of the lines – for uh, the starting pitching, Hall, eight innings, 11 strikeouts. Uh, he did not walk a batter, as Kelly just said. On uh, on Saturday, I mean, let's be honest. It, it was a it was a curveball, letter high to steal Netterville. But you take that out, you take that you take that hit out. He would have given up four hits, one run. He struck out six and only walked one. You add that you add that one hit in. They get four runs. And then Waldrop yesterday, I mean, just domination, seven innings. He walked three but struck out ten. The, the one thing Waldrop does is he, he uh, I think he threw like 56 strikes of his 91 pitches. Uh, the other two, much, uh, much better. Um, that, that's the one thing that Waldrop can get him into trouble. But like you just said, Bob, when, when, that, when that slider is complimenting the fastball, he's almost impossible oh, he's to hit. He's nasty. And, and Luke, you're, you kind of head up our research department here on the Eagle Hour. And one of the statistics, one of the numbers, the only number that jumps out to me as a guy, as a guy that's you know, a, a student of the game of baseball is when you look at the number of walks allowed in nine, in nine innings. Now, there's 331 Division I baseball teams. 331. Where is Southern Miss in walks allowed, Luke, nationwide? So if you look at walks allowed per nine innings, Southern Miss is number two. They have given up 59 walks and 241 innings pitched. That's out of 331 teams. Yeah. You're Tennessee, Tennessee is uh, has walked – Two more than Southern Miss, but they played nine more innings. So Golden yeah. Eagles have uh, have walked the fewest amount of uh, of batters. And then when you look at the strikeout to walk ratio, Southern Miss at number two behind Tennessee, who's the number one team in the nation right now. The walk, the strikeout to walk ratio, almost five, four point nine five. All right. So so what I want to ask these pollsters. And we and we know that's welcome to the party. We're glad you finally woke up. And, yeah. and I was just going to say, I know it's not scientific, you know, lots of times, but 
just based on those numbers that we talked about, and look, pitching is the beginning, it's the end, and it's everything in between, right? Pitching is everything. That's why major league pitchers get $35 million a year at least for working once every five days, all right? So with those numbers that Luke just went over, and Southern Miss is still, what, 25th, 28th, 21st? Well, 24 in the coaches' poll, 27 in collegiate baseball, 22nd in Baseball America, and and they go from – from being ignored all year to 18th in the D1 poll. When the pitchers are throwing the way they pitch and they're still only in the 20th, somebody is doing some serious right. illegal medication somewhere. Right. I mean, there, there's no way. You that- know, people may not realize this. Coach Berry really doesn't keep up with that. He, he just doesn't care. And I told him before we went on the air, and this was his comment, well, I just hope the guys don't get caught up in all that. He doesn't care. I would rather not be ranked and play with the chip on your shoulder than to think like, you know, we've yeah. arrived, here we are. Yeah. I mean, I would have much rather played Ole Miss unranked tomorrow night. And really the only number that matters is the RPI. Southern Miss was 24th after the win on Friday. They dropped to, I think, 31st uh, after the loss Saturday and got back in uh, the mid-20s or 26 um, right now at 19-8. Well, and eight. I like beating Ole Miss in anything. I don't really uh, – not that important. I mean, if they win tomorrow night, great. If they don't, go win the series in Charlotte. That's my thought. And you guys, I really think, you know how getting to a Super Bowl or getting to a World Series or whatever, everything has to, you know, the moon and stars have to be lined up. I'm telling you, I got a funny feeling that the stars and moon are lining up for this Southern Miss team for several reasons. One of their Achilles heels the last couple of years couldn't get those midweek games won, right? They're doing that. They're doing that this year. They're winning their conference games. Just beat the number two team in the league soundly. You know, soundly. Um, The pitching staff, as deep as it has been, and Coach Barry just talked about, some of the guys haven't even been center stage yet. You throw a blanket over about 12 of those guys, and it doesn't matter who comes out from under it. They're that good. Just get ready. When we win the conference regular season and when we either get to the final or, or win the conference tournament at home, we'll get sent to Knoxville as the number two. Just get ready. Just get ready for some jack like that to, to happen. I, I wouldn't care. I, and let me tell you something. Talking to the guys at, at uh, Harris in uh, Tahoe and Vegas this past weekend, you know, to Snooky the Bookie out there. Yeah. He's got Southern Miss. At sixty five plus sixty five hundred on a hundred dollar bet to win the college world series. So you put down a hundred bucks, you'd win sixty five hundred. I can put a C note down on the Eagles. I'd you're, do that. You're, you're high on them, buddy. I, I am. I, I think they're that good. If we win the regular season and get over forty wins, there's no reason why we shouldn't be hosting because it doesn't look like Mississippi State is going to be hosting this year. You think? And if you if you beat Ole Miss tomorrow, I, I mean, who knows, dude? I mean, I was gonna say. You would look, uh. if based off this weekend, why would the NCAA not give Mississippi three? It's in their best interest because the only thing that motivates them is money, and uh. it is in their best interest to give Mississippi three regional sites because they would make more money that way. So, uh. but the, my point is, I don't I don't see Mississippi State hosting. And if Southern Miss were to win tomorrow night, that would go a long way at the end of the season saying you beat Mississippi State and you beat Ole Miss as far as uh, the argument to host. And look, I'm not trying to put pressure on the guys, Bob. I'm just saying as an outsider looking in, all things being equal, if they continue to perform what they're capable of doing and they stay healthy, 
I'm telling you, this this is a you, really you remember that this Louisiana Tech team came in here with a really good record. They had pounded LSU just a couple of weeks earlier. Speaking yeah. of teams who will get to host, oh, well, of course. That's, remember, you remember what? Uh, you're, <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter what LSU's no, record is. Matter. They're going to host it. Hey, one thing, one, one thing LSU is leading Southern Miss in right now is transfers. Their entire basketball roster has entered the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, I don't think any baseball guys are in a hurry to leave right now. Uh, things are looking awfully good. And what about those crowds this weekend? But, you know, Kelly, you've got a minute to comment on this. A little bitterness on the part of the Bulldog faithful. Oh, the Louisiana Tech people. We don't want Southern. You know, we want to beat Southern P-I-S-S instead of Southern. I mean, all these nasty nicknames. Get over it. Yeah. Guys, get over it. You had your chance. And you got one hit. <laughs> here's the um, here's here's your your Twitter thread of the weekend, the Barstool Southern Miss account. Y'all been talking for a year, and now you want to give credit where credit is due because the Barstool LaTeX account talked about how good Waldrop was. So there's some guy on Twitter called Tech Talker, and he just basically says that the Southern Miss Barstool account and Southern Miss itself is a pile of you know what. And the Barstool account says this pile of you-know-what is about to run rule you today. The Tech Talker says, just thankful I never have to step foot in Hattiesburg again. Now, we found a uh, a cousin of Phil Hall. His name is Chill Hall. And Chill Hall responds back to that. It's okay, La Tech. You can visit Lake Charles when McNeese joins Conference USA. <laughs> Which is probably the next move. You know, One hit. A single. A single, Kelly. I'm telling you, Southern Miss is good. One pitch away from sweeping their butt. And Tech is going to have to come back here. Yeah. Right? So they don't, they don't have those 21 seniors that they had last year. I've been, we've been waiting for this weekend. And, and, and back to Luke's point about going to, to Tennessee, I, don't, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Southern Miss can beat Tennessee. Bro, we need to host. We'll be We back. need to host. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of the Eagle Hour today brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Party Street in Hattiesburg. If you missed uh, the first half of the show, Southern Miss baseball coach Scott Berry joined us recapping the series win over Louisiana Tech this weekend. You can listen to it later today on demand at supertalk.fm or catch us in podcast form on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel Beach Volleyball goes 4-1 and one over the weekend at the Southern Miss Beach Invitational, defeating Nichols, Chattanooga, Huntington, and Texas A&M Kingsville. After uh, defeating Louisiana Tech on Friday 4-1, to one, the uh, ladies' tennis team dropped uh, – a four to two series, uh, four matches to two against UAB on uh, Saturday. They will uh, get ready this week to take on Alabama State this coming Sunday. Men's tennis swept by FAU on Saturday. 
And they were supposed to take on Georgia Southern yesterday down in Boca Raton. That was postponed, and they will rebound uh, this upcoming week against New Orleans uh, this Sunday um, at 2 p.m. Uh, track and field, 20 top three performances, guys, at the Southern Miss Invitational of the weekend. They picked up victories in six events and finished 20 times in the top three. Coach John Stewart said, we had so many great performances all the way around. Our athletes showed up and really performed well to get us ready for some of the tougher meets the rest uh, of the season. So congratulations getting the outdoor season started off right. All right, Bob. Um, I was in the roost yesterday with some guys, and, uh, of course, the, uh, the conversation about the Final Four came up. And you kind of provoked that. Uh, Kelly and I, you know, I told somebody, I said, well, when Kelly and I discussed it on air, it was like friendly banter. The day before, it was, we don't ever really get intense in the show. That was, it was probably the closest thing we've ever got to semi intense during a break. Now, you guys, I was worried. I was kind of worried about you two. Oh, but we, we love each other. We know it's just, you know, and it's just opinions, you know. So, so what Sanders said, and if I'm quoting you wrong, Kelly, you said, we'll just have to wait right till the ratings come out. That's what I said. Can I bring you the ratings? You may. Kelly? Are they from the Nielsen or Magid company? This is actually from Turner themselves. Yeah, but that's not that, that that they have they have some stake in the game. They have skin in the game. But go ahead. Turner Sports and CBS Sports exclusive coverage of last night's NCAA D1 Men's Basketball National Semifinal Classic North Carolina and Duke airing across TBS, TNT, and Truvy pr- produced the most viewed NCAA Men's Final Four telecast on any network since 2017. An average of 16.3 million viewers and projects to be the second most viewed college basketball telecast in the history of cable television. I think what I meant to say, Luke, was that the final is going to not be rated very well. Is this, which is coming up tonight uh, against... Two- history is being rewritten on the Eagle Hour <laughs> no, as we speak. No, no, no. <laughs> saying the championship is all that counts, and we're stuck with, with two teams that are there, oh gosh, every year, North Carolina and Kansas. It's your equivalent of a Pittsburgh Steeler-New England Patriot AFC championship game, correct? <laughs> when the Nielsen comes out, Kelly, it'll be higher than that because this initial did not include out-of-home viewing. Okay, I mean, I'll, so, like I what, said... What did we what did we put on it? I mean, I don't think I did anything because I knew I was right. So a if Coca-Cola. you just want to give a gift, okay. no, it was a Coca Cola. I like vanilla Coke. Okay, vanilla Coke is fine, but we'll see if if tonight's ratings. I'm telling you, nobody's going to watch this game tonight. I will be. <laughs> well, you'll be there in person. Oh. You know, you you get to go down to the final. You know, since Lauren got that job now, Luke. It's <laughs> if you notice that Lauren, Lauren becomes a nurse practitioner. Luke's at the national championship. Now Lauren's at work. Yeah, she's but Luke's a, at the national she's championship. She's working these twelve-hour Southern Miss fan. There's a Southern Miss fan. You know who you are out there that helped me get these. Lauren's tickets. taking care of the critically okay? ill. Luke's down there, there drinking vanilla Coke at the championship game. That was benevolent and wanted to help a former Southern Miss. Thank football. you, Lauren. Yeah. Luke will have a picture on Twitter later on with one of the drinks with the umbrellas in them. You know, and this right, right, right. And Lauren side. with the, the M ninety five. If you ever see lives. a picture of me with what you just said, it will be one of those like secret codes. I've been kidnapped. Please send the police to come rescue me somewhere. I do have some important news to announce. Later this week, is it true? 
I hear that Kelnack may return. Is it true, Kelly? We're, we've got some feelers out. Communication's a little sketchy in the in the east now because of what's going on in some of the tumultuous you know situations over there. But we're kind of getting wind of that too, Bob. That that Kelnack, Kelnack could be back in the area at the end of the week. On hump as we speak, working his way this direction. And it takes a while to get somewhere on hump. <laughs> it does. He's, <laughs> and Bob, he's not in any big hurry. Kelnack's <laughs> not the only one that's going to make a return. Per request from Coach Will Hall, he would like Phil Hall to return, <laughs> and he even hinted at the possibility that we should have those two on at the same time at some point in the wow. future. Wouldn't that be something? We could probably arrange that, do you think? There, were, there would be too many blessings and too much excitement on the air at one time, I would yeah, think. I think. And look, we, you know, we, obviously the spring game was uh, Saturday of the spring scrimmage, but we're going to talk about that tomorrow when Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us. So it's not that we swept it under the rug. We're just going to talk about it in detail tomorrow when Heath Hinton joins us. And, Lauren, you get back to work because Luke's already looking at the college football championship. He wants to be there. <laughs> the Super Bowl, <laughs> the World Series. Hobnobbing with, you know, uh, Spike Lee oh, and Jack Nicholson. There we go. Courtside. <laughs> Southern Miss <laughs> to, to the, the top. top into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.